to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is determining the first team all-DMV squad. How we categorize it is basically we decide our first team from the DMV area. They have to be born in the DMV area. They do not have to go to college in the DMV area. They just have to play in or are born in the DMV area. So let's get right into our lineups. So Jalen, I'll start with you. What is your first team all DMV lineup? So I think the first thing that we have to do, even before we can list off who we have on the squad, is we have to give the audience an idea of just what kind of people we had to pick from. So I'm going to just go through this list that we made. It's a little short list. There's probably some people that we're leaving off of here, but it's a crazy list regardless. Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo, Gary Neal, Steve Francis, Carmelo Anthony, Delonte West, Ty Lawson, Rudy Gay, Grant Hill, who I actually almost forgot was from the DMV area, Allen Iverson, which is another one that snuck up on me. I guess his Georgetown roots really just threw me off. Moses Malone, Ralph Sampson, Alonzo Mourning, and the late great Lynn Bias. Unfortunately, he didn't get to make it to the NBA, but um, still an excellent player that played in Maryland is from here as well. So a lot of great guys who have either had very large impacts on the game of basketball in this area, very large impacts on NBA rosters, rotational individuals on NBA rosters, guys who have played successfully overseas, We have a lot of products coming out of this area, basically. If I have to go with a first-team all-DMV squad, man, when I tell you this kept me up all night, I got to put Allen Iverson at the one, small guard, tenacity when it comes to being able to score the ball, just legendary small guard, can't, can't sleep on him. I had to put Steve Francis in my backcourt with him. It's a little undersized backcourt, but they both are feisty. And I know they're both going to play a little bit of D, but but, but my main thing is my team, if we're going to be from the DMV, we're getting buckets. And we can't get buckets without putting my guy, Kevin Durant, at the three. Had to put him there. Honestly, I mean, most lights out shooter, what, in the NBA in general? I mean, let alone to come out of where we live. I have to put Melo at the four. I know this is a weird take right now. If we're talking about Melo right now, that's a very interesting spot to put him. He's having a hard time in terms of even kind of translating to where the league has been. And for my squad, ISO heavy player uh, just seems like an interesting add. But honestly, like I said, this is an all DMV squad. We're trying to get buckets. I'm trying to, I want 145 to 144 more than I want an 80 to 85 game. It just is what it is. And I have to say that at the center position, although, again, relatively an undersized squad for the most part, I have to go with Moses Malone because 
like I said, I'm sticking to my theme. I need buckets. I want transition runs. I need three-point shooting. I need guys who can hit the glass hard. And I need guys who are going to attack the basket. I know that it's not the most ideal fit in terms of maybe a play style, but if we're talking about some of the best guys to come out of this area, some of my favorite players to watch growing up and looking back over in terms of like history and watching them play and looking back at a lot of their older highlights and things like that. I mean, this is the squad I want, Ryan. I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy, my dude, but I mean, it's the squad that I like. I mean, who, who do you got? Who do you have? May I please intervene? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm looking at you in a different crazy way. Oh, man. I'm looking at you in a different crazy way because I need, I, to know, I need to know what the odds are that we have the same lineup. Oh, geez. How were, what were the odds that we had the same lineup? Except, oh. I switched, except I switched Mello at the three and put Kevin Durant at the four. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> we made the same exact lineup. Okay, 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 Basically. okay. So let's put it. So let's no, put it. Let's no, put a cap. No. So so let. This is how we we are literally thinking alike. I swear. <laughs> I I swear we are actually thinking alike. Oh man. So I had some doubts of putting Alonzo Mourning at the five. I think statistically Moses Malone is slightly better than Alonzo Mourning. I think playing in a different era definitely is the case for why Moses Malone was slightly more dominant than Alonzo Mourning, but. I still feel like Moses Malone doesn't get a lot of the credit that he deserves considering he's really one of the best he, – he was he's really one of the best senders to ever play in the NBA, not to mention I think he really paved the way for a guy like Shaq to really thrive in the league. And then Grant Hill. So I was going to put Grant Hill at the three instead of Carmelo Anthony because I can't leave out Steve Francis and I cannot leave out Allen Iverson. The reason why I did not put Grant Hill in the lineup is because of his injuries post-2000. He also was highly compared to Michael Jordan, which in his first five seasons kind of seemed to come true. If you think about Grant Hill, I mean, his ankle injury after 2000 was kind of the reason why I was hesitant to put him in the lineup. Another guy who I was hesitant to put in was Victor Oladipo, another phenomenal guard, but early in his career, he kind of struggled with the magic and the thunder but it's kind of starting to pick it up with the uh, Indiana Pacers. So I think with that being said, if I had to pick a sixth man, I'd have to say Grant Hill. I'd I'd have to say Grant Hill is my sixth man. Because, listen, I think Victor Oladipo is a solid guard, but if you talk about how dominant Grant Hill was in my favorite era, the 2000s, even despite the ankle injury, I feel like he was really a dominant guard. And I think somebody that is somebody that gets overlooked in terms of his popularity, because I think he was one of the most popular guards in the NBA. I mean, even when he was injured, he was like top five in all-star voting. So when you think about a DMV squad, even though our DMV squads are similar, I feel like our benches are a lot different. And I'm kind of glad that you transitioned towards the six man, because honestly, I think that's going to be one of the biggest choices. And I know this is probably going to be a little debatable, right? But you got you to gotta hear me out on this one. Follow me for a second because you have to remember what I want my team to be. My team is all buckets. And I'm telling you, 
if we're talking about players out of the DMV, he was not listed in my rundown at the beginning of the podcast. But my boy, B-Easy Michael Beasley is a bucket getter. Listen, man, listen, man. All I'm saying is, Sorry, like I said Mike, I'm sorry, Michael Beasley. Yes, sir. Am, yes, I, hear, sir. am I hearing that correctly? Yes, sir. I'm Michael I'm trying Beasley. to Michael Beasley, my dude. I'm Michael telling Beasley. you, <laughs> this is a player that I feel like kind of just got into a couple different ruts, honestly, when it comes to how his basketball career has went. But I mean, he's called B Easy. He's called the Walking Bucket for a reason. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's as simple as that. Coming out of Kansas State, he was a pure bucket getter. Averaged 19 in his third year when he first got to Minnesota. And, I mean, really, that one year, that was his first year in the NBA actually playing his true position because he started out with Miami and was playing power forward. And it still averaged double figures, but it was that first year in Minnesota where he really got to thrive and turned into – a, tw- a near 20-point score that also averaged nearly six, uh, six rebounds. I, like I said, like I said, I completely understand that when you think of great basketball players, Michael Beasley might not be one of the first ones that come up in your mind. But as a guy from the DMV that drops buckets, because you have to keep this in mind, I need my team to put up 145 and make your team want to quit by the end of the second quarter. I need buckets. The guy named the walking bucket needs to be on my team. It's as simple as that, Ryan. I, I, I don't understand why you're looking at me as crazy as you are because, honestly, like I said, my dude's name is the walking bucket. What, what am I missing? I'm almost stunned. You said – you said <laughs> – you said – Michael Beasley. I was like, are you kidding me, Jalen? I thought oh. I thought I knew you. I was like, oh, you know man. what? I thought I thought I had it made. You know what? We got the same lineup. We're gonna have the same bench. Man, we we were literally meant to do the hoop top podcast together. You know what? <laughs> and then you said and then you said Michael Beasley as the sixth man. You know what? I'm not gonna doubt he's a walking bucket. Okay, I'm not gonna doubt it. He's not the guy I would think of for to be a six man. Like, you know what? Like, I, he probably was on Minnesota, probably because Minnesota was trash. But like, let's let's be real. Touche, touche. This is the same team that passed up on Steph Curry twice. So let's just. Be real. Oh man! <laughs> it, it's Low a blows. it's a which is a foreshadow to the next episode. But you know, I have to say, like, he he's definitely a good player. I can't say he's great. I think he's a good player. I think he can definitely get buckets when his shot selection is right. You're playing Michael Beasley over Grant Hill, and you're playing Michael Beasley over Victor Oladipo. I have to look at my notes again, but you're playing Michael Beasley <laughs> over you're playing Michael Beasley over Delonte West, Ty Lawson, and Rudy Gay. Look, man, I love Ty Lawson. I don't know, man. I love Ty Lawson on the Nuggets. I love Rudy uh, Rudy Gay as a as a as a bucket getter when he was on Grizzlies. He kind of got me lost a little bit with that Delonte West take. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, he he's an option. He he is an option. He he is an option. He was playing well with the Celtics. The only reason why I say Delonte West is because I think I think of his days when he played with the Celtics, where he wasn't the starting guard. He was with. He was sitting behind uh, Rayshon Rondo, 
uh, with the Celtics when they were going through their big three run. But I don't know. Michael Beasley, I just, I just don't see it. I don't hey, see man, it, man. Going out on a limb here, man. The I, guy, I like the the guy drafted after Derrick Rose. And listen, I don't think Miami was the best fit for him. I think maybe he needed to go somewhere where he was a primary scoring option or at least right. a secondary scoring option. Because in Miami, if you think about when he got drafted there in 2008, Dwayne Wade was already the starter. I think the team really just revolved around Dwayne Wade at that point. I just wanted to see, like, how well he could be. I feel like he never really panned out. I, I don't think he's a bust, but, like, I don't think he really panned out to be anything in the league. Right, I think you're missing my point here. This is not about league production. Well, okay. This is okay. about bucket getters. I need a bucket, and he is one of the best so, people I could think of from this area to get me a bucket. Okay, and I wasn't going to pick another big man because, I, I mean, I'm going with the small guys, okay? Kevin Durant is well, probably the second tall. I mean, Kevin Durant's probably low-key the tallest person on my team. He's playing the four. That's not the point here. The point is to get more points than your team is but we have the same exact team we have the same but that's the difference i trust michael beasley to get 20 and not get injured over you leaning with grant hill grant hill and possibly being out by the end of the second quarter honestly you can match my team up with yours but as far as i'm concerned me having michael beasley is equivalent to having six man lou will in comparison oh, to your grant oh, hill no. tape that's all. Oh, I'm no, saying. disrespectful. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Lou Williams. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Look, here. I get it that this is kind of like t- picking teams in my park for NBA, but like or in uh, 2K, but True. like, but like we're picking an entire fantasy roster out of all DMV guys, which is it's kind of difficult when you think about it, considering like there's a lot of talent outside the DMV area, but we're kind of focusing on like just one area with just enough talent to make up like a 14 man squad. But Michael Beasley, is a six man. I mean, okay, but let me, okay. But let's try let's transition this way. Cause I, especially with us having the same first team, let's, let's take a different approach to this first team, all DMV squad. Looking at the list of players that we picked, looking at the list of players that we had to choose from, do you feel like the DMV area can compete with any other area in the nation in terms of bringing up prospects in basketball? The thing is with the DMV area, I think they can produce a lot of stars. There's, they also have a lot of success with the future. In terms of how they compare to other states and other areas, I don't know really where the DMV ranks because I feel like, you know, New York probably produces a lot of talent. LA has produced a lot of talent. Texas has produced a lot of talent. There's a lot of areas that can kind of compare with the DMV. There's going to be great players spread out throughout the entire nation. I mean, who would have thought like a guy like Obi Toppin from Dayton was going to be as good as he was. I feel like that kind of goes to show you like talent doesn't come from powerhouse colleges it doesn't really come from powerhouse high schools. It doesn't come from powerhouse AAU teams, even though most of the time talent comes from some of the big colleges, high schools, and AAU teams. But it kind of goes to show you, like, basketball is diverse. Like, I feel like there's talent spread all across the globe, and I feel like there's really no sole area that you can go find, like, the next Michael Jordan or the next Kobe Bryant or the next LeBron James. 
Well, listen, Ryan, you can take the safe way out, but I'm going on the record right here. The DMV area is top two in the nation in terms of producing NBA-level talent, okay? I don't want to hear this. Honestly, I feel like we're probably second behind L.A., and I know that's a weird take because most people would assume the mecca of basketball, New York, obviously would be the one that produces a lot of the top basketball talent, especially NBA-wise. I would say the biggest difference between – where New York basketball was and where New York basketball is, is the fact that the street ball game has declined in terms of its ability to translate to the next level. It's kind of become this thing nowadays where having hand coming out of New York, having handles is enough to get you on a D1 college, get you to an NBA roster. But when it comes to, especially with the way the transition of the game is taking place in terms of a lot more team-oriented basketball, a lot more moving off the, off the ball and things like that, New York basketball is so ISO heavy that I believe that they have kind of hit a plateau in terms of how they can work within – the new age of basketball. Does that mean that no New York product can come into the league now and wreck it? That would be absolutely disrespectful of me to think that that could not be the case. But at the same time, we know what New York basketball is. We know that it's grit, grind, one-on-ones, one-upping your opponent. And it's more of a big 1v1 than it is you know, a team-oriented style of play. And I think that's what hurts a lot of New York products once they get to the league, especially now. And I just think that the DMV is strapped. I mean, hey, like I said before, I might just be speaking from where I come, where I've come from. This is where I live. And we have guys like Kevin Durant on our roster. We have guys like Victor Oladipo actively in the league on our roster. These are guys that are top for Kevin Durant, I'd say top two. For guys like for guys like Victor Oladipo, I'd say he's at least top ten in his position. I think that we produce the type of guys that could put the DMV area up against practically anybody in the country. That's that's just how I feel about it. I mean, slice it up, you know, dissect it how you want to, but I'm being straight and narrow. The DMV is top two in the nation, and I'm not backing down. I don't think you're wrong, but that's kind of a hot take if, I, if I've <laughs> ever heard one. Like, that's great that like, you, you feel that way because I know a lot of people don't, and I feel like a lot of people are going to say, you know, maybe the DMV, is, the DMV has one of the worst basketball areas. It's not the best. It's nothing compared to New York. It's nothing compared to the EuroLeagues. It's nothing compared to, like, California. But if you think about it, it's like they are competitive. Like I said earlier, you can go find the next superstar anywhere, and that's why I guess New York has kind of fallen off in terms of, like, they're not really translating in terms of the streetball style, like you said. I think in terms of why New York has kind of fallen off, it's because the streetball style has faded away, and I don't think it translates well to the NBA because I don't think it's really the same. I think really translated in the early 2000s, late 90s, I think that's where it kind of translated the most, like translated well the most. But I feel like New York has kind of fallen off in terms of that, and that's where I agree with you. DMV in the top two, that's, that take is very hot. 
But I will say this is kind of one of our motives here on the show, which is provide as many hot takes as possible and showing our display of basketball knowledge, kind of what I said in the intro. But I feel like it kind of applies here with this topic because this kind of shows how educated you are in terms of just local basketball and showing like, hey, these are some of the best guys. We have we have some talent that's coming out of our area, even though you guys have some of your talent coming out of your area. You know, they may not match up well against our talent, but we are proud of the talent that we're producing. That's why I agree with you because we're definitely like an underrated area for basketball talent. And I think you make like a lot of strong points. So I have to commend you on that, honestly. I think that's – I think it's not only a good take, but that's also a hot take as well. You know, that's what we're here for. But, I mean, at the same time, like you said before, with it being what we're here for, the other thing is that you have to be able to back it up. Only time will tell, obviously, in terms of things like that. The DMV area has a lot of prospects that we've seen over the course of basketball history. But it's one of those things where, especially with the transitions of the way, you know, just getting to the NBA even is changing, you know, with the upstart of the G League becoming a lot more prominent than it's ever been the uh, option to be able to go overseas being more of a an expressed option by younger guys. I think that the routes that these guys take will have a lot of influence on where they end up and how they end up there. Like I said, man, I just think the DMV breeze Hooper, so I'm going to lean with my guys. This is what I'm going to do. Question of the day, actually. Hold on. Question of the day. Leave down in the comments below – who do you think is the best player out of the DMV not named Kevin Durant? There is your question of the day. On the next episode of Hoop Talk, we're going to dive into part one of our What If series.